Confessing should be easy. Hey guys, and welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. I'm your host, Alex Richwagon, author of a couple different books, um, one of which is Investing Should Be Easy, that can be found on Amazon. And the premise for the book is around investing for the long term, not taking these trade fears and these trade wars that's going on between the United States and China to a new extreme and really just saying, you know what, I might just not worry about it, shut my eyes, continue to invest. And tonight we're going to talk a little bit further about that because that's the topic in the headline, getting more emails around should you sell some of your piece portfolio? We've talked about some specific positions. However, the trade fears keep happening. I think people's memory span has gotten shorter considering this just happened between September and December with a 20% pullback. We had a 20% increase and now we're in the fluctuations again because of tariffs, global trade, and not a quick end in sight. What does this all mean? It's going to play itself out. This isn't going to be a five-year horizon. It's going to be a three-year horizon. It's going to be probably in the next few years. I mean, Trump, you can say whatever you want about him, but he's not an idiot to the fact of he's going to cost himself the re-election strategy of next year. He'll figure something out to make sure he wins that ballot if he's got to bend a little bit. But in the same game plan... China has been taking advantage of so many policies over the last X amount of years with trade secrets and um, copycats and the ability to really imbalance the trade agreements. And now we're at a place where it's like it's just not right. It's not fair. And what do you do? How does the market react to this? And that's what you're seeing on a daily basis. That's where the emails come in. Um, by the way, that's alex.richwagon at gmail.com alex.richwagon at gmail.com. This is the kind of stuff that's going to keep going on and on and on until both economies are not going to collapse. China's economy is on the brig, uh, brig is on the verge, I don't know if I said that before, on the verge of collapsing. The United States isn't going to collapse. It, it, they just, it's too much of a domestic powerhouse when it comes to goods and the improvement of wealth and people's home buying habits. United States is one of the biggest hotbeds in the world for buying houses. People are going to continue to pay their mortgages. They're going to go into utilities. I've got some ideas for folks that are, I'm not going to call it panic mode, but some of the emails that I'm seeing are, they're close. They're close to panic mode of what do I do? What, you know, what's the strategy? I talked about short-term strategy of if you don't want to sell your stuff because you don't want to do it the tax losses and you don't want to worry about it because you believe in the position and the, all the fundamentals that got you there, you can do some short-term um, reverse ETFs. Um, a couple ones I talked about on the last show, which were um, DOG, there's SH, SDS, um, RWM, and they're basically inverses of the NASDAQ, the S&P, and... Um, the Dow 30. Those are items that you can easily just put in your portfolio, 10%, don't worry about it. Or you can take the long view, which is what I'm doing, 
and I'm not really altering my strategy a whole lot if I might be start adding into more uh, value names or dividend payers because everyone understands how the dividend policy works. So if a company is paying, and I'll use easy numbers because it makes it just makes it a little bit easier. So let's say a company is trading on $100 a share and they're paying a 3% dividend, so they're paying out $3 per share. And if the stock drops to, let's say, $90, they had a 10% fluctuation, they're still paying out $3. So guess what? The dividend yield just rose. It gets a lot more um, healthy, and you're getting that guaranteed $3 um, dividend, which is broken up into quarterly installments. That's the way most companies are kind of structured and it's really easy to project what a company's growth rate and what your kind of returns could be based on the dividend rate because you're going to get that um, guaranteed money and if they if they cut off the dividend guess what they're going to signal to wall street like uh, like a kinder morgan and then the stock's going to get pummeled for it and that's going to give you a selling signal to get out of the stock so it's not really a lose situation there so tonight's show is I'm going to give you an alternative idea. So let's say you're just getting started and you're like, it's a lot of things to think about. There's a trade war. Do I really want to enter the market? Does it make sense? Um, maybe you want to just scale in. You know, let's say you want to scale in at a $10,000, $20,000 portfolio. Why don't you scale in over like an 18-month period if it makes you nervous? Um, I think one of the biggest things around investing is propensity of risk. And if you're risky and you're willing to go after it, and when an Amazon or an Apple, um, big names you know, drop 5-10% in a week's period of time, go ahead and just dive right back into it again and again as these fluctuations happen in the marketplace. But I think, I think for some of the, the risk adverse, at least some of the emails that I'm seeing and then the nervousness in the market, some of the comments that I, I see on industry news, I'm going to call what we want to say is... Um, Let's call it the 401k portfolio. And this is the reason why I call it 401k portfolio is think about anybody that has that regular um, nine to five job or regular working job where you've got a 401k plan and you're contributing into it on a biweekly basis, like most plans work, and your company's uh, adding to it as well, regardless of what is going on the market. And you're basically investing into one of two. Uh, trade vehicles. One's a mutual fund, which is the basket of stocks, which weighs out your risk. If the mutual fund's got 100, 500 stocks in it, your risk is really, really low. Or a four, or a um, ETF, an exchange traded fund, operates the exact same way. However, it's much easier to trade the stock on a daily basis than a mutual fund, which has restrictions, higher fees. Um, I'm not a fan of the products. I like the ETFs as they charge much lower and they mimic a lot of the same type of indexes. Sorry about that. I need a little bit of water. Well, 401k portfolio, and I did some research in advance to give you some names that are an easy way to get started and they are dividend producers. I got a question around, well, what if I'm investing into an ETF? Um, again, exchange traded fund, a basket of stocks that is full of dividends. Do you still get paid the dividends? Yes. Short answer is yes. ETFs, mutual funds still pay out dividends. Um, they still appreciate a capital appreciation just like a stock. 
So, and you've got to pay taxes on those, just like you would a stock. It operates the exact same way. So a 401k portfolio that I designed together, and this would be a really easy way to get started. Um, I was having lunch with a uh, colleague this week, and they just really said, you know, I've got X amount of dollars and savings. I really don't want it sitting there. I want a good strategy to earn some kind of income. Um, I don't want to just spend the money. I want to earn uh, money on top of the on top of the money, which is the whole point of investing, letting your money work for you as you're at your job, so that way you have another stream of income um, to penetrate you towards your goals, your retirement, etc. So, 401k portfolio that I um, devised is I get a couple different names, and they're all um, again I've talked about numerous times in previous shows around Fidelity's uh, ETF offerings. And the ones that, the reason why Fidelity, again, it's not sponsored program, I don't get paid for it, I just really think it's an easy to use platform and charge $5 a trade. However, if you do use Fidelity's ETFs, they don't charge you any trading fees. So you trade for free, and they're commission free, so the only way they're making money, like, well, how could they do that? How could they make money? Well, they're betting on you're going to use other products, and then also um, ETFs do charge a very micro uh, fracture of a commission um, not a commission but it's like a um, like an expense fee it's like 0.12 percent 0.012 percent like really really tiny compared to a mutual fund so like one to three percent so the, the ETFs again the 401k portfolio that I'm calling it for for tonight and this is something that you literally I'm gonna put in five hundred dollars a month for 12 to 18 months until I reach my maximum portfolio divided amongst three, four positions, and that's it. You really don't need it. It's not a lot of thinking involved. It's not a lot of extra strategy. This is a kind of a Ronco uh, set it and forget it um, easy, easy oven that you literally can just um, put the money away, not worry about it, and um, continue to put the money in. I, I think this is a really good strategy for um, folks that don't have, um, you know, don't want to be as involved, don't maybe have the stomach, don't want to be have go through the risk from it, and it's a really easy strategy to follow. So the names that I want to throw out there is um, the first one is uh, called um, which one is it? Uh, HDV, and it's a high dividend ETF, meaning um, they're looking for companies paying at least a two to three percent yield. Um, as far as their dividends, companies that have been growing their dividend over a number of years. Um, its stock symbol, again, is HDF. It's an ETF inside Fidelity's um, bucket. And that has a lot of, um, we'll call it large cap names, names that you should know off the top of your head. Um, things like Ford, GM. Um, let's see if I can grab it really quick for you. So here, doing this on the fly. Um, just give me a second. I want to go through some of the names so you kind of get familiar with what the type of HDV. Yep. All right. iShares Core High Dividend ETF. Um, go ahead. Just kind of scrolling down here. Give me a second. Just doing this on the fly. So the number of assets they've got 70, 76 holdings in the ETF. Um, top holdings are Exxon Mobil, JP Chase, Verizon Communication, Johnson Johnson, Chevron, Pfizer, uh, 
Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola, very well-known names. Um, it's, it's one of those items that you just kind of like throw your money in there. You don't really worry about it. It's not going to give you, um, it's, it's not going to be a loser for you, okay? Um, Year-to-date return, it's around 8.5%, and that does not include with the dividends that it's paying out as well. So again, it's a really safe um, investment over the last five years, about a 47, almost 50% return to um, the portfolio itself. So that's a, like a bedrock for you. Um, I would say at least we just make this really simple, 25% each as far as the portfolio. So HDV, 25%. Um, the next one I want to get into is, uh, excuse me, is a foodie, F-U-T-Y. It's a utility index that also pays dividends and why utilities are a really good vehicle at this state of the game is utilities act as a defensive um, stock or defensive industry. And why I say defensive, it's not like um, they're playing defense. It's defensive as in people are going to keep turning on their power. They're going to pay their water bill. They're going to do the things that make life go. They're not going to have as much um, consumer discretionary money if they have to worry about, um, they might start tightening their budget a little bit. But at the end of the day, they're still going to have utilities. They're still going to have gas. They're going to put gas in their car. They're still going to power their house. They're still going to do those very basic uh, human needs when you go down to Maslow's hierarchy. I'm not going to Maslow, but figured I'd mention it anyway. So again, F-U-T-Y is number two. And the next two, um, I would say it's an ITOT, I-T-O-T. It's a, it's a mimic of the S&P 500, so it's got a good base. Again, very spread out, plenty of um, diversification, um, 500 stocks in there. It's I-T-O-T, represents all of the S&P 500. And the last one, just to give you a little bit of exposure outside of um, all of the large cap, is um, IJJ, and that's a mid-cap value ETF. And value is an important piece. Um, so value looks at, um, we've talked before about price-to-earnings ratio. Price-to-earnings ratio is a, a measure of how expensive a company is according to um, Wall Street. So if the whole market's trading at um, 7, we'll call it 17, um, and the stock's trading above that, then it's a higher growth. And if it's um, below that, then it's lower growth. So the official is price to earnings ratios, ratio for value of a company that measured its current share relative to its earnings, its per share earnings. Um, most people look at that because it's telling you if a company's over or undervalued as I talk about a value stock. And so what I mean by value stock is if you're buying, um, I don't know, let me see if I can find a good example of this real quick. So like General Electric. General Electric is trading around $9.50 a share right now. And they're paying about a 3% dividend. General Electric has had a pretty rough couple years. Um, they were trading as in the mid-20s, 30s a couple years ago. Now it's trading around $9.50, so they've lost... Uh, about 60% of the market capitalization. Well, undervalued means they've got room to grow. If you believe in the company, that could be a good strategy. As you pick up that dividend yield, 
and also get the underlying growth. However, if you want a growth company like a, like a Netflix or an Amazon that is trading at a much higher multiple, well, the reason why the higher multiple exists is you're going to pay for that growth. You're going to pay for that yield and you're not the yield. You're going to pay for the, the growth channel, which it does represent um, of a higher price to earnings. So it gives you an indication of um, higher or lower um, growth and what to expect and how the current company is currently valued. So again, that last stock symbol was IJJ. So quick recap of the 401k portfolio. Again, this is a Ronco set it and forget it. Don't worry about it. The trade wars, everything else, just close your eyes, use this portfolio. Three years from now, you'll be like, great, I'm up uh, 20%, um, 30%, whatever, whatever you're going to be at. But it's not going to be um, significantly up or down. It's going to be trading at the usual multiple of the 8 to 10% growth of the market. Um, again, that's ITOT, I-T-O-T, HDV, um, HDV, and FUTY, F-U-T-Y. And then IJJ, which is the mid-cap value. So we've got all S&P, got a dividend core um, ETF with a lot of stocks in there that grow the, um, their dividends, an index of utilities, and then the mid-cap value stocks, all of which are going to be very, very easy to manage, and you're not going to have to think too much about it. Um, so again, I see all the questions coming in. Um, I'm looking at them. I'm responding to whatever um, as much as I can. Again, don't freak out. This this will get resolved. Um, I don't think Trump, Trump's going to risk his presidency and his legacy over this um, trade war and uh, let his challengers into the realm. But again, let me know your thought. If you have any questions, comments, I hope this was helpful. Alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's Alex.richwagon at gmail.com. Sorry for the uh, two weeks of delay. Um, I missed only one show. My wife, I'm very happy to tell you, my wife gave birth to a very happy, healthy boy on the 15th. And that's why I was out uh, last week on the show and returning this week. But um, again, that's just the little personal news. Very happy for our, um, our family and how it's growing rapidly in our second child um, so fast. As uh, Those are the real things to really worry about, not trade wars and these things will work itself out so again questions comments send me an email and uh, i'll see you guys next week um, have a wonderful rest of your week and hope your memorial day was great thanks so much bye alex richwagon is an investment research analyst any of his recommendations are that of mr richwagon the information presented is the opinion of his and only his research you should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion remember it's your money and your responsibility